Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Thanks so much for joining us again this week for the Uproar Podcast. You're joined by Zach and Cody, and we're so excited to get into three major killers for a lot of people in their faith with Jesus. It's three things that a lot of people deal with. We see them every single day, especially with the social media world and how things are pushed and talked about. It's not a secret to anybody what these three are. And honestly, they're not even the biggest enemy It's just how the enemy uses them in a big way in our society and our culture. This afternoon, we want to talk to you for the next 10-15 minutes about sex, alcohol, and money, and how the enemy uses them in our lives to take them out of the plan and the purpose for us to create an uproar in our regions, in our families, and in our schools. Covering the first topic that we have today, a big controversial standpoint for the church is, is sex outside of marriage a sin? And emphatically, we want to start just by saying, yes, it is a sin to have sex outside of marriage or to even allow yourself to head down a road that may lead to sexual actions. Anything outside of marriage. You see, sex was specifically laid out by God to be enjoyed by married couples. It serves its purpose, and it definitely was designed by God. But see, the devil is always going to take things that God has laid out and that God has created, and he's going to use them for evil. You see, and what we what we have now is we're looking at, the Bible talks about how in the last days, it'll be like it was in the days of Lot, and there'll be great sexual perversion. That's what we found in the days of Lot, is that everyone was being sexually perverse. Now we see that today, and the media would lead you to believe that the majority of the population is either gay or lesbian or one of these crazy new topics that they're laying out now. But you see, an even bigger silent killer that we have is that we've got an entire body of Christians that believe that it's okay to have sex outside of marriage. And you see, the problem with that is every time you have sex with someone, it creates a soul tie with that person. So you're spiritually bound. The Bible says the two will become one flesh. So every time you have sex with someone outside of marriage, it creates a tie between you and that person. So every time you change partners, you've torn off a piece of you that you left with that person behind you. It was funny, we were reading a statistic a little while back, and I think it said that like 65% of people under the age of 25 have emotionally experienced a divorce just by simply changing sexual partners that they have. And it's a big problem that we see in the church. It ruins lives. It ruins destiny. It knocks you off of the path of where you're headed, and it really does nothing but impede you, even if you can regain traction. So emphatically, we want to answer the question that sex outside of marriage is always a sin. Right, but you're also like, you're looking for something. Because everyone celebrates it, everyone who's quote-unquote cool or having fun, like, mostly it's something, it's a major topic. Um, it's a major topic of the world, but it's searching for something. I don't want to just talk about the fruit. Let's talk about the root for a minute. Yes, it's it's completely wrong, but the the root of it is something seated in our heart and something that we're looking for. Uh, Maybe it's joy. Maybe it's, it's acceptance. Maybe it's love. But what we found is you can never actually find those things through sex. You can find it for a moment or a minute. But you still have to find that for, for a sustained amount of time. And that's only found inside of Jesus. We can search the whole world, 
but it's only Jesus. I love Isaiah chapter 6. It says, from the, the wells, you can, you can draw with joy from the wells of salvation. Yeah. Everything we're looking for in the world is found in the wells of salvation, and we can draw it out. So I just want to encourage you, if, if that's something you've been looking for inside of sexual relations, you'll never find it there. You'll only find it inside of Jesus. And you've heard it a million times, but that's the dead honest truth. And find a leader, find a small group leader, find a pastor, find maybe your parents, find someone you trust that you can talk about that with. Because it's so important that you find these things inside of Jesus or they will go, they will shift, they will change. Another one we see that's really heavy is, is, is alcohol. And, uh, part, the party culture is gigantic. But again, inside of the party culture, people are searching for fun. Some people are searching for an escape. Some people are searching for um, just doing what everyone else is doing because they're following a crowd. But again, we're not going to get out of it what we think we are. Maybe for a moment. The Bible teaches that sin is fun for a season. But when you wake up the next morning in a closet and your friends were looking for you for a couple hours not a personal experience. Um, it's pretty It's pretty embarrassing wondering what happened the night before and, and why those things took place. And it, it's, it's, it's wild. It, it's funny when you look at it in the standpoint of, you know, 2 Corinthians 3.17 says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And another translation says there is liberty. So if you look up, you know, synonyms for liberty, it says the state of being free within society from oppression, restriction, imposed by authority, on one's life or behavior or political views. Now, if you flip it over to a spiritual standpoint, it makes complete sense that sex, alcohol, and money are going to be used by the enemy to be put into your life because none of these things, sex outside of marriage, being drunk, having a love of money, all three of those things will expel the presence of the Lord from your life. So when the scripture says that, it says that in the spirit of the Lord. It doesn't say that one of the places to find freedom is the spirit. It literally says that in the presence of the Lord is the only way to have ex- to experience freedom, to experience liberty. So anything the enemy can do in your life to push you away from the presence of God, it'll be easier from him, the far- for him, the farther you get away from God's presence to keep you bound, to keep you oppressed. And nowadays we see people that are bound and oppressed and they don't even identify the fact that they are. They don't even realize that they're oppressed at all. They just think that this is what life is supposed to be, that I'm supposed to experience bad things because everyone does. It's true. It's actually funny how like a lot of people, they they love their quote unquote freedoms, but you actually become a slave to whatever you're free to. If you're free to Christ, you're actually a slave to Christ. And on the flip side, if you're free to alcohol, to sex, to worshiping money, you actually become a slave (laughs) of those things. Whatever you're free to, you'll be a slave to. Which is crazy to think about, isn't it? It's insane. Think about this. There's people out there that say, oh, you can't be a slave. You know, I'm not going to be a slave to alcohol or I'm not going to be a slave to money or I'm not going to be a slave to sex. But we see people all the time abandoning wives, abandoning kids, abandoning ministries even for any of these three things. People will literally walk away from their family, their life, their career, and their ministry for a one-night stand, for one good night out at the bar to blow everything they've saved at the casino. People will turn to these things and they'll become completely entangled in them. Oh, a thousand percent. It's crazy. I've seen people walk away from God in church for another $40 a week. Like, 
Man, what does it profit a man if he gains the, the whole time. world but loses his soul? I believe that's Luke chapter 9, verse 26. It's crazy that people do this all of the time. and We don't want to feel like we're condemning you. I just... It's sad to me that people are going to stand in front of God as as judge and not father because they've they, they in turn worship money or alcohol or sex and they became slaves to it. And the saddest part too is is not only having to stand in front of God like that, but also here on earth, there's never true fulfillment in the things of the world. All this is going to do is push you to keep searching, keep looking, keep making more money, drink more alcohol, or go farther in a different direction to, to have more sex. And more is never the answer unless it's more of Jesus. Yeah. Because you're sti- you still have to search. The empty spot in those people's hearts, it actually breaks my heart. The empty spot in their hearts is what they're looking for. His name is Jesus. And well, we need to show them. It's natural if you think about it, right? As human beings, we're always hungry people. No matter yeah. what it is that we get involved in, we always want to go deeper into a higher level, whether it's with God or whether it's with anything of the world, really, even outside of sex, money, alcohol, drugs, whatever it is. You never see somebody that becomes a heroin addict, and the first day they become a heroin addict, they do heroin 14 times in the first day and stay up for 36 hours straight. Right. Well, and I've never known a heroin addict that, like, the very first drug they used was heroin. No, like, it's always I've, I've because never known that. they experienced that high the first time, and then they get a hunger to go after it. So, see, that's the danger with these things. Is it, you know, there's going to be people that will say, well, it's not a sin unless you get drunk. Right, and you may be able to drink for a little while without getting drunk. But I promise you that if alcohol becomes something that's a, a, an allowable platform in your life, see what happens the first time that tragedy hits. Or see yeah. what happens the first time that a real complex comes into your life. Where do you the turn? only thing you're going to know to turn to is going to be alcohol. And it's the same with any of these three platforms. Yeah, And honestly, those things are like used by the devil. And we don't want to, we don't want you bound by those freedoms. We want you bound to Christ because we know God has a mighty plan for you. If you look back last week on the podcast talking about identity, if you didn't listen to that yet, you need to go listen to that today because it's so, so important for us. But these things and really any sin, what they do is they place a burden on us. They place a weight on us. Sin is like a weight that we carry around. But Jesus, when we come to him, he says, my my burden is light. My yoke is easy. What Jesus places on us is easy. When we have these things in our lives, it's difficult because we have to carry them and they are strong and they are heavy. But what I love too is a lot of people, they get, they get scared when they feel conviction and they, they mix it up. They feel like when the Holy Spirit convicts them that they're going to hell, they should just quit. They should just give up because yeah. they can't do it. But that's not true. Conviction is like literally our best friend. No I heard somebody say it like this. Conviction is to the spirit as pain is to the body. Without conviction, we'll never know that something's wrong. And if we don't know that something's wrong, we could bleed to death. It's so important when you feel God tugging on your heart and and revealing that something's wrong, please don't run from it. Run to it so you can go to the healer. You can go to the light burden. You can go to the easy yoke and have all that Jesus has prepared for you. It's funny that you brought that up. I was just listening to a message the other night, and the guy who was preaching it was much more educated on the whole topic. He knew, like, the year that the Titanic sailed out and everything. And I don't know the exact year, but one thing that he said that really stood out to me is this. When the Titanic went down, they formed two lists for the people back home. There was the list of people that were saved, the people that made it, 
and there was the list of names for the people that didn't. Now, if you look at that in the spiritual standpoint, the sobering reality to it is this. When Jesus comes back, there is only going to be two lists. There's only going to be the people that were saved and living righteously, and there's going to be the people that weren't. I think a lot of times the most dangerous place we can be is to be caught up to think that there's going to be some kind of witty banter that you're allowed to have back and forth with Jesus about, well, I know I was doing this, but I also did these good things too. There's not going to be a medium ground. There's going to be the saved and the unsaved, the rewarded and the people who are judged. And the problem with that is when you slip into that middle ground, when you slip into that area where it's like, you know, even though I do some bad stuff, the good outweighs the bad. If you look at it like that, you're very easily going to be able to pick that line up and keep moving it back and moving it back for the things you allow. And then even more so when you're moving forward and you're living righteously. But if you go with the mindset of, well, people are always going to be flawed. We're just sinners that are saved by grace. When you have that mindset, you're never going to have what it takes to tell somebody, I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to tell you that what you're doing is sin and it's separating you from a holy God. And there's a right way to do it. There's a way to do it without condemning people because no one's going to get saved by you coming up and telling them you're going to burn in hell because you drink alcohol. No one gets saved like that. But the important thing is to be able to identify and to bring it to light, to love people enough to tell them the truth and to say to them, you know, I know that this is a struggle, but I'm willing to stand with you and walk through it with you and see you come out on the other side completely set free. Holiness is so important. We're going to wrap up in just a second, but holiness is so important. Ready? It it, it gives us eternal life. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, Also, like holiness, the Bible teaches that riches belong to the children of God. Proverbs 10, 22, the blessing of the Lord maketh the man rich and adds no sorrow to it. Health and long life belong to the children of God. Psalm 91, 16, with long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. John chapter 15 says, if you abide in me, I'll abide in you and you'll produce fruit. But if you go down, I believe it's verse 11. It literally says this. It says that you promise joy in a fullness of joy so everything that we've been looking for is inside of jesus and following him and removing these sins from our lives but also following jesus man it unlocks the seven redemptive names of god in our life jehovah rod the lord is my shepherd if he's my shepherd he's going to bring me everything i need and everywhere i need to be He's Jehovah Jireh. He is my provider. He's going to provide everything. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's my healer. He is Jehovah Sidkenu, which is my righteousness. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is my peace. He is Jehovah Shammah. He is right here, right now. And last, he is Jehovah Nisi, or my banner. I just need, we need to understand that sin is not worth it, especially when what, what Jesus has to offer us far outweighs that. So, man, we just want to encourage you if, you, if you're living a lifestyle of sin, go ahead and find someone. Go ahead and pray to God. Go ahead and get right with the Lord because that's the most important thing you could do because ultimately, that's what every single one of us is looking for. And you don't have to look any farther than the cross of Jesus Christ to see how much you are worth it and how serious he is about you. We want to thank you so much for joining us this week on the podcast. Go ahead and review us, rate it, share it with a friend, share it on social media. We want to see you cause an uproar. Go ahead and let us know what you think about it. And we'd love to see you soon. We'd love to hear from you. Have a phenomenal day. And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. 
We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.